I've always just gone through this mentality of like being a hustler, like put your head down, get the work done. Like it's going to pay off in the end when you look back and you're like, wow, I did that. So it's always just been ingrained. Like even since a little, I I was a little kid, that's how I was. Like I would not quit until the work was done. The fitness movement is brought to you by Zor Fitness. We offer coaching and individualized program design, as well as educational content for coaches and athletes. It's all at one place, ZorFitness.com. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with Queen of Hustle herself, Lauren Khalil. Many of you probably know Lauren for the work that she's done through Morning Chalk Up, which is basically the go-to media source for news within uh, CrossFit. Lauren ran the Morning Chalk Up YouTube channel and published multiple pieces of content every week. The bottom line segments uh, where she would organize, interview, and edit conversations from uh, some of the biggest names in the space. And recently, Lauren joined as a host of Talking Elite Fitness, which is probably the most popular CrossFit podcast. And many of you recognize the names that she's joining in Tommy Marquez and Sean Woodland as they are often on the CrossFit broadcasts for uh, big HQ events like the CrossFit Games. So obviously we get into those things today. However, we also talk about her career before CrossFit in media and broadcast and TV and how she went from being a former anchor and reporter and you know a number of different states and a number of different news channels into breaking into the CrossFit space. One note, I do mention a few different links in the episode. I will link to those in the show notes if you go to zorfitness.com slash podcast slash 089. You can also follow Lauren on Instagram at Lauren Khalil, Khalil spelled K-A-L-I-L. I start off by mentioning how I am super impressed that she can find a way to manage her busy schedule. It's funny because like since I started right at the beginning of the season, it was kind of like, okay, we want you to do all of these cool things, but we don't know how we're going to make it work yet. So we're just going to like go on like a week to week basis of Mm. like how traveling and all that stuff has gone on. Um, So it's just been like flying by the seat of your pants and figure out as you go, which like is exciting. But when you have like dogs and want to schedule things, it gets a little complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, for sure. It's always a little different when you're like super young in your career and like you can, yeah, have a little bit more bandwidth to be seated your pants and travel and not have yeah. as many, you know, strings attached. So, yeah, I mean, you just joined Talking Elite Fitness. That's pretty, pretty cool. Congrats. Thank um, you. Yeah. So what, what did that conversation go like? How did that come to be? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because I when I worked at Morning Chalk Up, Tommy Marquez was there while I I worked there as well for a time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like him and I just like really hit it off in the sense of like conversations that we would have, like texting about the sport or in like, like different group channels talking about the sport. And like we always really collaborated really well. And he was one of the regulars that I would have um, on my show on the bottom line. And then 
when he left, I was just like super bummed because I felt like he like brought my show such value and he he made me better because he's been in the sport much longer than myself. So anytime I'm like going for like historical references that have happened like before like 2015, he was always like my go to person. Um, And not that I couldn't still like text him and stuff, but obviously he was doing his own thing. I was doing my own thing. Um, It just didn't really work to like collaborate on like a YouTube channel anymore. Um, And then for whatever reason, you know, I just knew with my professional career that I I wanted to grow more and I could kind of hit my ceiling with morning chalk up and I wasn't necessarily like in line with um, the leadership there for a couple of different reasons. And Tommy and I had had conversations in the past like, hey, Sean and I really want to work with you. We just don't know how we're going to make it happen. And yeah. this was like pre 2022 CrossFit games. And I'm just like, yeah, like hit me up. Let me know. Like, I would love to like do something with you guys. I think we could really like take this off and make it something. Um, and then around the time of the rogue invitational, I had reached back out to him and I'm like, Hey, I'm just curious. Like we've had some conversations about maybe doing stuff together. Like, is that still on the table? And he basically was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like we thought because you like, we're now full-time with morning chalk up that, you know, you were kind of off the table and I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I kind of feel like I need to make like a career shift here. And then like him and I just started talking and then he put me in touch with some of his bosses and, uh, the rest is history. That's awesome. So that's super interesting because if I'm not mistaken, that's a very similar situation that happened when you joined Morgan chalk up, basically like you reached out to somebody and we're like, Hey, like, Don't you need me? I have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guarantee you it was much more artfully crafted than what you just said. Like, can I have a job? Even if that's like the the bottom line ask. Um, Yeah. So let's take step back. Let's go to the the morning chalk up and starting with them. Um, Well, if we back up even further, you were in broadcast. But uh, yes. How did. We'll tie it all together here in a second, but like, give us a little bit of your background as to like where you're at and then how you kind of got into morning chalk up. Let's go that way first. Okay. So where I'm at now and then work in reverse. Yeah. So you're, you're starting now with talking elite fitness before it was morning chalk up, right? Yes. And uh, basically running their, their YouTube channel and uh, the, to show the bottom line. And before that it was TV. So how did TV morph into morning chalk up? Ooh, yes. Okay. So it sounds so cliche, but it happened so organically. Like when I had started CrossFit back in 2016, it was, yeah, like the summer of 2016. The reason why I started CrossFit is because my dad was doing CrossFit. He looked really fit. I was very unfit and I had like been a former athlete, but like you leave college and you're no longer like having like double or triple sessions. You now are like, okay, like if you want to work out and stay fit, you have to go to like planet fitness or like not to just like call them out, but like any of these other like big box gyms or anything like that's kind of the (laughs) solution. 
So I did that and it was like super lame and I hated it. And I was just like going on the elliptical watching TV and then, you know, going home and eating a pound of pasta, like (laughs) really not the best lifestyle. So I started CrossFit and I fell in love with it. I was obsessed right from the get go. Like two months in, I signed up for a competition and one of the, um, like movements you had to be able to do was a pull up. And I remember going up to one of my coaches and I was like, Hey, like I can use a band the way I use abandoned class for this. Right. And he was like, <laughs> no, I was like, what you guys knew I signed up for this. And they're like, yeah, we thought you were just really ambitious. And like, it's kind of cool that you signed <laughs> up. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, I think I got like one pull up in the rest of the workout. Everybody was just like cheering me on. And I was like, never again will this happen where I'm the last person on the floor and just, you know, the crowd's cheering, which was so supportive. But I mean, everybody just, knows just how it to be is you, to you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like being the coach now and cheering on those people who like yeah. are trying to finish a workout, but I don't want the roles to be reversed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. And so I like fell in love with the sport and the methodology and the affiliates and the people in the community and all of the things that like we all love. And I just remember like watching the CrossFit games that year. I was able to go. That was the first 20, 2017 was the first year it was in Madison. And I was mm. living in Green Bay, Wisconsin at the time. And I was like watching the live stream and then I was watching part of it in person. And I was like, man, like, how does somebody like get to that stage? And I tried to do like some research, like, is there like CrossFit.com? Like, how do I apply for like a media job here? And there wasn't like a link or <laughs> any like no. form of information to send out. Um, I-, I think there were like some jobs that I applied for at CrossFit just to see if I could get my foot in the door just because I loved it so much. And I was like, man, I feel like I could make my two worlds collide this way with my background in like journalism and media. Um, and then something I'm super passionate about because I always wanted to do sports, but for whatever reason, there just weren't any like sports openings or there were sports openings. And quite frankly, I just wasn't hired for them when I worked in local television. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I'm kind of like in the back of my mind, I knew that working like with media in the CrossFit space was always like the passion. But then there was this other part of my brain that was like, no, like that's not, you can't make that a full-time job. Like you're not in the end. Like there's no way to apply for it. Like you only have maybe a year of CrossFit under your belt. Like keep working in local news and try to work at the (sighs) Today Show one day. (laughs) So that's super interesting because I've felt the same way. Like I've gotten to CrossFit like after like the big boom essentially. And I was like, yeah, man, it's going to be really hard to like break through any of like, like everything's so established. Like you're either like an insider or you're not like, I kind of felt that way when I got into it. Um, and it's, it is like, it's daunting feeling like, oh man, unless I already have the connections, it's pretty hard to get in. Yeah. And, and that's truthfully how it felt. And not that that like stopped me, but in the back of my head, I thought, oh, there's no way, there's no way that I could ever have a job like that. Like I've missed the punch. Like right. <laughs> I, I'm just starting a little bit too late. Um, so then kind of fast forward to gosh, not until 2021. 
And that's when, I mean, at this point I had been subscribed to morning chalk up for, for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And I knew at this point, it was kind of after COVID and, and working every day through COVID going into the office and just like reporting on these terrible stories that just like at that point in my life, there was no separation of work and life. Like life was work. And if for one second, I didn't think of what I needed to do at work, well, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball. Now I'm not able to do my job efficiently because there's a piece of information that I need to report that I'm not informed about. So it was just like this all consuming job. And I knew that I just needed to get out of it. I just, I didn't love it. I didn't like the way that, you know, decisions were being made and the direction that local news was going. And I mean, I got into journalism because I like storytelling. I like the human element. I like talking to people. I like learning about people's stories, like whether that's sport, whether that's life. I just really enjoy that. And my current job had kind of brought me so far away from the things that kept me in the business, quite honestly, that I was looking at my email one day of the morning chalk up newsletter and I scrolled down to the bottom and it said that they were, they were hiring for a marketing position, which I have no experience in. I have no training. I don't know how to market besides like, I see how people market themselves on Instagram and like, (laughs) I try to mimic that, but that's about it. And there's a marketing position and I emailed, um, like the email, it said to, send your resume to. And I was like, Hey, I'm not qualified at all for this job, but these are all of the credentials that I have. I really love CrossFit. I really love journalism. I feel like I could be part of this team and I could, you know, we could grow together essentially. And then I had a couple of different interviews. He was still adamant on like interviewing me for this marketing position, even though Mm. like we both knew that I was not qualified for it. And then after like three interviews, he was like, so yeah, um, you definitely don't know what you're doing when it comes to marketing, but I really like your ambition and I feel like you could be an asset to our writing staff. And then that was the foot in the door that I needed. And I wrote part time for them at first. And then it kind of just eventually grew into me taking over the YouTube channel because I saw I just saw a need for it. And I was like, I'm, I I know I have these skills and I have the resources in front of me to just, you know, click record, shoot a couple DMs to athletes, see if somebody will jump on a, a video interview with me. And it kind of just went from there. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's super helpful when you have like the name behind you too. Like if you can reach out on behalf of, for example, like Morning Chalk Up in that case, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm with them and I'd like to help basically create publicity for you. It's like an easy, like a podcast is a very easy sell for a lot of people because it's like yeah. you create content for someone else to market themselves essentially, which is always handy. So I feel like it's an easy way to get your foot in the door with a lot of people that you wouldn't maybe otherwise have conversations with. For sure. You get the buy-in. Like it was different than if like Lauren Khalil was reaching out to Justin Medeiros and he was like, I don't know who you are. 
or if I just quickly log onto the morning chalk up Instagram account and reach mm. out to him, it's right. it's just delivered different because it's a, a source or a platform that they know. Like the best comparison is recently I was just at the Arnold and the access to athletes there was pretty good. We, we were over like in the rogue area for strong men and strong women. And there were several athletes that came out and I was asking them, hey, like, do you mind if I grab a quick interview? And all of them were like, who are you with? And I was like, talking elite fitness, like we mostly do CrossFit stuff, but we're trying to do like strong man, strong woman. And I didn't get a single interview. Mm. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like I haven't felt this way in so long, but it kind of got me excited to, all right, I need to do my homework. I need to make sure that they know that I'm not just like Joe Schmo off the street trying to do an interview. And this is going to be an, I'm going to ask educated questions and I'm going to try to help benefit them by the, mm. by doing the interview. So that's kind of the goal for the next time. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, yeah. So basically you pitched the idea of building out the, the YouTube channel for them. Is that fair? Is oh, that yeah. like the, the idea I of the spent, bottom line and the interviews and everything? I spent months just, just doing it and not asking for permission. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my motto is like, ask for forgiveness later to an extent to an extent yeah definitely like for like these professional things i was like okay like at this point nobody's going to our youtube channel for anything mm -hmm. it's not like i'm gonna turn people away if anything maybe we'll like start to get more views and then when i felt like i was at a point of stability where i could come and pitch like hey in the last five months our um, YouTube subscribers went from X and now it's increased by this amount. And I could yeah. bring like hard data of why what I was doing was successful. At that point, that's when I basically said, I think we should change my job role um, and kind of reevaluate where I'm like putting my energy into. That's cool. So the bottom line was more, more short. I wouldn't call it short, but like kind of moderate length, maybe what were most of those, maybe seven to 15 minutes, a lot of them or something in that range. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. um, obviously that's a little bit different than like a long form interview. And it's obviously different than like writing in more of like a, a punchy article with like a lot of like, you know, short sentences, punchy points, like that sort of thing. So how does you think about organizing those conversations? Yeah. So I saw, I kind of looked at like what other people were doing and most people were having like long form, like podcasts or YouTube shows. And I try to think of like a, like what's not already out there and what as a consumer do I want? I'm kind of at the point where I have, you know, 10 to 15 minutes while I'm making breakfast really quick, letting the dogs out. Like Can't my fit a Joe Rogan just... podcast in there. No, it's <laughs> so funny. I was just talking to somebody and I was like, I like some of his podcasts, but it quite honestly takes me a week, sometimes two weeks to get through his like three hour episodes. Yes. And by that, I'm like, oh, I got to rewind because now I like forgot what he said. So I just wanted to create this format that if people were looking to like start their day or end their day, whether they're like making breakfast, cooking dinner, putting the kids down, um, even like warming up before they start their Metcon for the day, how can I inform people with 
uh, topical conversations and really good arguments that I tr I tried really hard to get both sides of the coin. Sometimes that in itself was the biggest challenge was mm. finding two people who were comfortable to go on camera that wanted to argue opposing sides. There were some people who I really leaned on and they were very like open to, hey, you tell me what side of the argument you need me to be on and mm. I can I can argue for that side. So there were people who kind of like played both roles like that. Um, but yeah, that that was the format that I thought was kind of lacking in the space. And that I mean, so many good conversations came out of it that it yeah. just it made me more inquisitive. It made me want to like be better at asking that right question that's going to drive the conversation forward. That was always my goal is asking the right questions. Yeah. And I assume that the the guests knew that it was like going to be a shorter, more condensed kind of a version, like a video podcast almost where it is like, mm -hmm. like they have to be more deliberate with what they're saying. They have to be more direct and they can't like skirt their way around a question for a long time. Cause like you don't have a long time. So you have to be like very like, to the point with everything, which is for exactly what you're saying. Like what Morning Chalk Up like does with their newsletter and everything else. Like that's the whole point of what they do is like, it's mm -hmm. supposed to be like a, like I think they call it like a five to seven minute read or whatever. And it's like, yep, it, like the same, it, it makes sense that that was sort of the direction that you went with it. Like it's a very good fit for them to have it very short and punchy and effective like that. So it makes perfect sense. You also did and I can link to this in the show notes, but you did some like recap videos on the Madrid CrossFit championship. And yeah. uh, I, I heard you talk about them and basically saying that they're, they were like sort of like a different style and um, edited in a certain way where you like interviews with athletes, you did some voiceover. There's, there's a lot of cool pieces that you did, but if I'm understanding correctly, you like, you did all of it, like filming, interviewing, like the editing itself, editing, like all graphics. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else like, so that's obviously a unique style of like putting things together. And you did that probably several different times. Mm -hmm. Do you just feel like that was missing? Like what was the inspiration for that? So that idea kind of came to me when I was, when I was thinking of when I worked in local news, what did a sports block look like? And that's where like the idea began. And from there, I was like, okay, so normally in like a sports block of a newscast, they'll talk about like different sports, but I want to just talk about one and recap an event. So I kind of use like the skeleton of like how that would be formatted. You know, you have a stand up, you have B-roll, you have voiceover, you have like quick sots or like a press conference, like quick interview um, graphics, like all of those elements. And then I tried to make it look a little bit more like sports center like espn flair with like the quick cuts for all of like the edits which honestly like shooting the video and shooting the right video was always the hardest part for me because as one videographer on the floor so mind you i'm i'm watching the event i also need to like be taking notes and writing yeah. about what's happening on the field of play but i'm also like looking behind my lens so luckily presley hirsch who i worked with she would be like almost my second spotter and mm. i'm like hey can you watch this event can you take notes that way you and i can compare our notes later to make sure that i don't miss anything and she was so helpful to have 
Is that yeah. because honestly, like if I didn't have a second person and for Madrid, there was no live stream. Right. That's so it's just not what like I, I could say. like you cannot no once rewind. it's done, <laughs> it yeah. is done. So you, you either get like the the meat of what's going on and you hopefully you're right because there's mm. no way to fact check yourself um, that that was kind of always the challenging thing. But man, Madrid, I was like. It's so funny, like uh, somebody or maybe a kid who goes into a candy shop for the first time and they're so like bright eyed and huge smile. They're overwhelmed with all of these things. That's how I felt until then. Maybe like your parent says, but you can only choose one thing and your heart like sinks and you're like, but like there's all of these things that I want and I can only have one and editing the videos and putting mm. everything together almost felt like that because in Madrid, I'm not exaggerating when I say one of the nights I slept for 20 minutes. Oh gosh. I, I got done <laughs> uploading the video. I, I was watching the wheel of death go. I'm like, is this going to make it on YouTube? I don't know. And then I closed my eyes and then 20 minutes later, my alarm was going off to like get back up and go to the next day. So it, in theory, I would love for the longevity of something like that. And I think maybe with the team I'm with now, I have those resources, mm. but I mean, I was quite honestly, like killing myself, putting those videos together, but I was so excited about them because I felt like it was another thing that was missing from the community and if you didn't have well if they didn't have a live stream or you didn't want to spend like four to five hours like scrubbing through a live stream how can I give people like the best moments of the day in under 10 minutes was kind of the goal mm -hmm. and it's also super cool because the interviews with the athletes like if it's it's a very different interview than if it was like the, them pulling them off like the floor, like when they're still breathing super hard and sweaty, like, okay, like, what do you think of this event? They're like, I'm trying to do my best here. Like, that's always like the answer. It's like you, you were able to ask the right questions and to be at the right spot where like the athletes actually had a little bit of bandwidth to like actually give you some good answers and like talk to you a little bit. So it was pretty cool. How is your questioning or like thought process around interviews changed for like more of the longer form stuff that you're getting into now? So normally for like, if I'm at a competition, I do a little bit of, of research, but a lot of those questions I try to make specific to like their performance in an event or the performance over the course of the weekend. Or honestly, like I get a lot of my questions just by talking to these athletes, yeah. like not as Lauren Khalil, the reporter, but just like Lauren Khalil is somebody who's like fascinated by the sport. And we're just like, hanging out, like maybe going and grabbing dinner afterwards. Like the cool thing is I've realized like how many of these athletes, like I'm also friends with and yeah. in a genuine way with no horse in the race that, Oh, I'm asking these questions because I want to use this for an interview. Like sometimes that organically happens, but it's never the intent. Like I really like the humans that I've met in the sport. Yeah. And maybe that's why some of those, like the, the YouTube, like, you know, just holding a camera and talking to the person and, you know, uh, you know, like the buttery bros type feel like that's super popular. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it is very conversational. They have a relationship with a lot of the people and that's probably why it, it flows nicely to the viewer. Yeah. And I think that it shows if you're being authentic and if you're not, and even when I was in like local TV, 
out of all of the interviews that I've ever done, and I've had like some really great interviews with like people that I've met, like in the communities that I live with, but you're with them for such a short time. And then like that story is over and you, you probably are never going to see this person again that just like, it's so much more fun to be able to follow these athletes like for years and get to know them like on a deeper level, because I feel like if anything, it's made me be a better journalist and it's made me more interested in, Hey, like not only Lauren is like the, the worker in the media space, but also like, I'm a fan of the sport. Like I do the dang thing. Like what would I want to know if I was listening to like a 20 minute interview with, you know, Mal O'Brien. Yeah, you recently did an interview with Tia. It's really yeah. good. Uh, it's on Talking Elite Thank Fitness, you. so people can check it out. Yeah, I'll link to that as well in the show notes. Yeah, you did a great job in that. And like, like you do a very good job of like asking tough questions, but also being respectful with it. And yeah, I, I, I think it's just a really good balance. So in an interview like that, is there a specific way that you think about trying to like organize flow of the conversation? Mm. So normally I'll have, like when I do my research, I won't necessarily write out full questions. I'll kind of just put like bullet like, points of li- yeah, yeah, like, like discussion lines points of more so than like a question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Discussion points. And then from there, honestly, it's funny because sometimes I'll have like my phone like right here for like safety in case I like forget something, but there has not been a single time where I'll ever look at my phone. The conversation Mm. starts and like in the back of my head, since I did the research, I'll like know some of the things that I want to like intertwine in the conversation. But really like once we start it, I just let the athlete direct where the conversation goes. If there's like very specific, like maybe harder topics that I want to talk about with them, I'll warn them ahead of time. Like the last thing that I want to do is like, catch somebody with their pants down. Like I'm not looking for that. Aha. I got you moment. Like that is not my goal. That's for the people who work in politics and are holding government officials accountable. That is not (laughs) me who's interviewing athletes. Like (laughs) that's just not the goal here. But yes, sometimes there are like tougher questions or tougher topics that come up. And I always like to at least warn the athlete, Hey, I'm looking to ask this. Um, is there anything that you a can't discuss mm. for like legal reasons, security reasons, whatever it is? Yep. Um, or like sometimes they'll say, Hey, I'm not going to answer that question. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm still going to ask you just because that's my job, but right. you're more than welcome to not answer the question just so it's like an open dialect. And I don't want them to feel like, well, she talked about that ahead of time and I told her I wasn't going to answer it. So just how they kind so that huh. they know where I'm coming from with some of those things. Yeah. Interesting. Cause like likely you're going to get some kickback as the interviewer. If you do have somebody and you, you know, there's something that's super pressing that people want to hear, like, you know, like T are you going to retire? Like like questions like that, right? Like maybe not ex- that yeah. exactly, but like something that's like really obviously like a, a, people want to hear this question and maybe she just want to answer it. And it's like, if you have that conversation of, oh, you actually don't want to answer it. I'm going to ask it anyway, just so I can appease the, the viewers, but you also can are perfectly fine turning it down when it actually comes up. It's interesting. For sure. Like a great example is I went and interviewed Ben Bergeron and it was maybe a couple months after 
like news came out that Amanda Barnhart and Katrin David's daughter um, were at HWPO, mm-hmm. a very hot topic in our space. Like yeah. everybody's chirping about it. Everybody's making their own speculations about it. Um, and I know Ben on a personal lover. I've level. I've met him at some events. Super nice guy. Have had nothing but great encounters with him. So why would I want to then go and interview him and be this really punchy, hard hitting? interviewer that's just like beating a dead horse like i asked him the tough questions i asked him to you know give us as much info as he felt comfortable to about like how that um like separation between like coach and training camp happened and i got a little bit of pushback like of course on the internet of people being (laughs) like you should have pressed him harder and yada 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 and it's like i asked the same question like two or three different ways. And he answered as much as he wanted to. Like, I'm not here to be the determining factor of whether like his answer was enough for people. Mm. Like at the end of the day, he's only going to answer like what he wants to say. Mm. If I keep like, there has to be a balancing act where you ask the hard questions, but yeah, you are respectful. And I hope to like always find the right balance between the two I haven't always I know I've like been wrong and um you kind of just have to learn from experience to know that balancing act Hmm. do you get super nervous for interviews people like Tia do you get nervous for those not really because I try to get that I try to get to know them on a personal level first Like I try really hard and sometimes it's just based on scheduling that I don't get the luxury of this. But for instance, I had been with her at her training camp for two and a half days before we sat down and did Mm -hmm. that interview. So I was able to get to know her on a personal level and kind of like shoot the with her and, you know, have some fun. Um, The ones that I do get nervous for are if I don't have time to get to know them before I do the interview. And it's like, okay, like, it's only business today. And because you want to get a feel of like how they are with like talking and carrying a conversation before you go in blind to it. But I I would say at this point I've interviewed or at least like come into contact with, with most of the athletes and all of them are great. It's, it's crazy. The difference between like the people who I interviewed in television versus interviewing these athletes and everybody like they're so gracious about their time and, they they want to help and they're good people and I always appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like it's usually in a positive sense. Uh, like if you're going and interviewing athletes and things, it's usually because you know, like a positive life change, like well. Tia, or yeah, you, you, you're winning and you're doing well, and like yeah, life is good for the most part. So yeah, it probably oh, there makes was it a this one easier. time though at at Zalos games and I gave Tola a hard time when I went to to proven but it was at Zalos games and most of the athletes were like pretty chill about it because this wasn't a qualifier like yes there was still money on the line but um it was a more relaxed competition than most in-person ones and he gets done with the workout and he is absolutely like dying and I could see it in his face and I'm like man like I got to get this interview with Tola and I like walk over to him and he goes, can I lay down? And he like puts his body on the ground. I was like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm asking him like questions or whatever. And he's being a good sport until eventually he was like, we're done. We're done. (laughs) And kind of like pushes the camera out of the way. And I was like, okay, bye Tola. (laughs) So then when I saw him at Proven, I was like, 
oh, you probably like that. I'm not going to be getting in your face as you're dying this time. And we were having a good, like playful time. So again, sometimes that happens and you just (laughs) don't read the room quite, quite well, but all in good fun. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Cool. So are you going to be with uh, Talking League Fitness? You're going to be like traveling around quite a bit um, and like going to different camps and like interviewing athletes more. Is that the plan? So we did that specifically for the open is when I was kind of bouncing around to different training camps. Um, I, I think that it's definitely possible to, excuse me, maybe train or go to some of these training camps as we get closer to semifinals or maybe even after semifinals and right before, um, the games, I would say like that, a lot of that's going to come down to whether training camps want outside media to be there. Um, in the sense that during the open, things are still pretty lax. It's the beginning of the season. I mean, if, and again, from other people that I've heard, just the community is very small and sometimes scores get shared when they shouldn't be shared. Mm. So training camps take that super seriously about, we only kind of want like our people in here once it gets to a certain stage of the game. So I think it's going to come down to like our training camps open to having um, me following them around with a camera and also trusting me that I'm not going to be um, a crappy human and do some sketchy stuff that I would never do. But again, that comes with trust. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm probably going to be traveling for semifinals, whether um, I fly out to California and do some studio shows or maybe like go to the actual semifinals. There's a couple different options on the table. So we're going to kind of see where that goes. Yeah. So you were at Proven. You were at Training Think Tank. Am I missing anything? Nope. Those are the two because then the last okay. week... Um, I was at the NFL Combine and then the Arnold oh, yeah, yeah. Strongman Classic. And then we dropped into a local affiliate uh, for the last week of the Open, which was fun. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I had seen interviews with like Travis and uh, Alexis, Alexis Raptus. Raptus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, when, when you're there and watching them throw down, um, you're just like figuring out a time where you can schedule and like sit down with them in a room and just get a camera on them and talk a little bit like. How do those conversations typically go? Yeah. uh, So most of the training camps will have some kind of manager that I'll coordinate with. And then they'll either set up all of the times or then they'll put me in touch with like the athletes that I'm looking for. Um, But most of it, it's been super casual where they're like, yeah, just come here and then talk with the athletes and see what works for them. And I mean, so far it's worked for everybody. So um, I'm kind of at, I'm at their disposal on what times we want to record and stuff, but it's fun because then I can get video of them training and then I'll even train a little bit, um, not necessarily with them, but <laughs> in the same room as them. <laughs> yeah, no, super cool. So yeah, join Talking Elite Fitness and I feel like Sean and Tommy have a very interesting dynamic and it's very unique to them. Um, is it tough jumping in? Is like, did you feel like the third wheel at all? <laughs> um, no, they're they're so welcoming that I never, yeah, I never felt that way from them. But I will say that it's almost this kind of imposter syndrome. Mm. 
Mm. Like I would be lying if I said that it was anything but that. Not so much now because it's been, you know, about a month and I've worked both with both of them in person, but it's like they were the guys that I listened to on the CrossFit Games broadcast. They were the reason why I had that little tiny voice in my head saying, hmm, I wonder if I could like do that someday. I wonder if I could somehow get involved with that. And now to be working alongside them, sometimes I'm like, how did this happen? I don't even know how I got here. Like I just blacked out for the last three years of my life. <laughs> yeah, now they've definitely been figureheads for a long time. And it's it's got to be a really cool opportunity to be working with those guys. I mean, they're, they're yeah, like super well-respected, like well-spoken. I mean, they do broadcast for HQ, like mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. So it's pretty cool. Um, I, I have to imagine that their schedules are also pretty crazy. Like <laughs> that there's like all three of you are like juggling all these crazy times and, and I'm sure that's also super challenging to coordinate and figure out when we can all, you know, you guys get onto the same schedule and link up and actually talk a little bit. Um, so it big picture, if we zoom out a little bit, like wh- what do you hope? your uh your impact is with talking league fitness and what you're doing there Hmm. so um i don't know exactly when it's gonna launch yet but i do have a new sports show that i'm hosting in the works that's gonna happen once a week on the talking elite fitness i think it might just be youtube because we're gonna have some really fun graphics that are gonna make it debate style game show style format <laughs> um, sweet and it's going to be really fun it's basically a version of the bottom line like completely juiced up so i kind of took like the bones of what i did there and i was like okay how can we make this even better and more interesting and that's what i'm going to turn this new sports show in um into so that should be launching hopefully in a couple of weeks or so uh definitely before like semifinals sometimes or sometime around like quarterfinals and yeah i'm really just hoping to continue to drive the conversation forward and be somebody in the space that's always curious and i want to make others curious and hopefully i ask the right questions to you know get us to a point where we keep saying, yeah, these are the right people in the space to make the sport more professional and mm-hmm. to make it feel like we have the same kind of content that sports like the NBA and NFL and, you know, all of the other sports that are on a bigger scale have. Like, I want to provide that for the community. So hopefully I'm just um, just one of the puzzle pieces to move that forward. Yeah, you definitely are. All right, last question for you. Where did Queen of Hustle come from? <laughs> it's so funny. I I actually don't really know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Kenny from Sherpa Works. Yeah. And this was gosh, when was this? I think this was around Rogue or the games. Yeah, maybe Rogue. And he was like I think it's time that we like 
launch some t-shirts for you. Like we just got done with the Brian friend, be friendly shirts and they did really well. And I think like we can come up with like your own brand or whatever. And then we just kind of started spitballing different things. And I think it was either me or him. I don't even remember who said it, but like, I've always just gone through this mentality of like being a hustler, like put your head down, get the work done. Like it's going to pay off in the end when you look back and you're like, wow, I did that. So it's always just been ingrained. Like even since a little, I I was a little kid, that's how I was. Mm -hmm. Like I would not quit until the work was done. And then he came up with like a couple different templates and he had (laughs) a little queen of hustle. And I'm like, oh my God, that is amazing. And there's like (laughs) on the shirt, it has like two Samoyeds, which is the type of dogs I have at the end. And I was like, this shirt could not embody more of who I am. And the fact (laughs) that it was tie dye, like I'm into bright colors. Nothing in my wardrobe really ever matches. That's just kind of my style. (laughs) And yeah, it kind of just took off from there. And, um, on the Savan podcast, he's always calling me Khaleesi. So like, (laughs) I think that's where like the queen came from and it all just was developed naturally, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Sherpa works. Uh, there is that uh chase and bill or yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So he does all of like the OG line. Yeah, that's this is that's some really cool gear. People should definitely check it out if they haven't. Yeah, it's they're cool awesome. Stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah, Queen of Hustle. There you have it. Hey, Lauren, thanks so much for doing this today. <laughs> yeah, thanks. This was so fun. Thanks for listening today. If you're someone who just found the show, I would encourage you to subscribe so you can stay up to date. If you're someone who's been listening for a while and enjoying what you're hearing, I would encourage you to leave a rating or review for the show. It would definitely help us out. And lastly, if you're someone who does take your fitness seriously and cares about your performance deeply, I would encourage you to look into hiring one of our coaches. Until next time, stay the course.